This is Jordan Stewart, and you're listening to Sucker Sub. Go listen. I'm Banter. Hey, this is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. You are listening to the Soccer Subs Podcast. Now pay me. Pay me in cash, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for attending the Soccer Subs Podcast, the number one podcast covering soccer in New York City and all over the world. Let's give it up for Ronnie. Let's give it up for Christian. And let's give it up for you, the Soccer <laughs> Subs Podcast. The Soccer Subs Podcast. It's game on. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Soccer Subs Podcast, episode 34. My name is Ronnie. I am your host. I'm joined here by my two Soccer Subs co-hosts, Christian and Eric. Fellas, how you guys doing? It's been a whole three weeks since I last saw you guys. So much soccer to get into. Fellas, how you guys doing? Well, Ronnie, first of all, the farmers have a new goal. As they said, Lionel Messi has left Barcelona and is playing for PSG. Probably one of the most shocking news in the year, in the decade. Uh, but yeah, number 34, number of Justin Kleiber, uh, son of the legendary Patrick Kleiber. Pleasure to be here with you guys. Welcome to the Sucks Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us today. Oh man, episode 34. It seems like it's just the numbers are just getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that we reach episode 100 with, before we know it. No, but, um, you know, it's truly an honor to be back. I, you know, I love doing this stuff with you guys and let's get it rolling. Oh, that's right, Eric. We're back at, for episode 34. We got a big show for the soccer fans. As usual, we're joined by a special guest later on. Big guest, actually. He's a former player who's played on the Colombian side, Santa Fe and the Millonarios. He's been a head coach for Chivas USA. What a throwback. Houston Dynamo, Montreal Impact, and the U.S. men's U-17s and U-18s. He is now the head coach of the RGV Toros and the USL. Uh, man, we're so thrilled to announce him. We got the one and only coach Wilmer Cabrera joining us in a little bit. Super excited for this one. We worked really hard to get him on the show. We, I'm glad we made that happen. And in the studio, we got with us our resident Barcelona fan, my boy, Sid, who I've known for years. Sid, I'm glad to have you back, man, for episode 34. Bro, say what's up to the fans. I'm sure the fans remember you as our resident Barca fan, but just say what's up and anything you want to say real quick. What's going on, fellas? Excited to be back. Episode number 34, a lot to talk about today, especially um, the awful Barca news that we received a couple of weeks ago and um, looking forward to the show. Uh, that's right. Well, yeah, our boy Sid is here for a reason. We're here to talk Leo Messi, the news that shocked the world. But before we get into that, we got some news to get into real quick. Of course, the news that shocked the world, Messi going to PSG from Barcelona, the whole drama behind it. We also had Romelu Lukaku signing with Chelsea all the way from Inter Milan. That was crazy. That came out of nowhere to me, actually. FC Barcelona reporting that Pique has taken a significant pay cut. So Manfred Depay, Eric Garcia, and Ray Manaj are official on that team. And we got La Liga, Bundesliga, Premier League back. Oh, man, Man U versus Leeds. That was a heck of a game. 5-1 the other day. I'm not sure if you guys saw that on TV. What a game. Eric, so much, man. What else am I missing? No, no, but aside from Puma releasing those awful, awful kits for all those poor clubs, you know, we have the, you know, the Super Cups. We have Bayern beating Dortmund 3-1. We have uh, Chelsea taking Villarreal to penalties and winning in penalty shootout for the European Super Cup. Aside from that, we have young Coca-Cola talents with Busio and uh, Johan Vasquez making that jump to Serie A, respectively to Venezia oh. and Genoa. And... um. Wow, look, uh, there's just so much news. And listen, the summer transfer window is not over. I just can't wait for the next moves that are coming up. 100%. It's been a busy offseason. I don't think we're done yet. We still, Hopefully, we have some more news for the next episode. Of course, let's get it started with the news that shocked the world. Messi going to PSG. But wow, that was a shocker. Eric, let me just start off with you real quick, man. I always say you set the tone. Let me just ask you, what were your thoughts on Messi going to PSG? Have you gotten used to seeing him in a PSG jersey? Who's to blame at Barcelona? And how do you think Barca moves forward, man? Oh, it's a, it's a pretty loaded question. I mean, look, obviously, the who's to blame for the for the move is obviously with the Barcelona board previously, uh, without a doubt, with how they, you know, manage, quite honestly, and 
frankly, just financial decisions. You had players on enormous salaries. And at this point, it's just, it's a bit comedic. And it's a bit like, you know, as a like neutral fan to see how such a big club could have such poor financial decisions. What are you? Who's running the club? 16-year-olds that can't handle their money? It's just, it's ridiculous. But aside from that, you know, you know, seeing Messi in a PSG jersey, you know, what can I say? Uh, when I when I comment, you know, take a challenge elsewhere, I I, I didn't mean legal on that's a step below. But, you know, it's, it's fine, you know. Uh, obviously, listen, my own personal take, PSG, if you don't win, win UCL, forget about Ligue 1. Ligue 1 should be – I mean, the current champions lost 4-0 this weekend. Um, PSG, uh, Ligue 1 is in the bag. But if you do not win UCL, quite honestly – I'm going to go back to my previous statement from our collab episode not too long ago. PSG will undoubtedly be in in history the most mediocre European giant if they fail to win UCL. Now, as far as how Barca move forward, um, quite honestly, I feel that as a Barca fan, I, I'm not a Barca fan, but you know, putting myself into that Barca helmet, I feel that obviously it's a bittersweet moment. But if you think about it there's only up from here. You know, you can only get better. I think Barcelona have some fantastic youths in Fati. They have Nestor Arojo. They have Pedri, who I just love watching play, who's just a stud. Obviously, they have a world-class midfielder there. Listen, if they can just manage their, their financial policies a lot better, Barcelona can be back. I Listen, I'm not going to say they're going to be back next year or the year before. I'm not even going to say five years from now. But definitely they have the potential. They have the young star talent there. And they still have Griezmann. They still have Frankie de Jong. They still have, you know, Dembele if he stays fit. They still have these talents who are obviously there. So can they still challenge for La Liga? For sure. Now, when they, will they win UCL? I'm not too sure about that. Uh, thanks for that, Eric. Let me pass it on to our boy Sid. We wanted to bring our boy Sid on for a reason. He's our resident Barca fan who's been following <laughs> Barcelona since the 90s. Just let us know how you feel with how big of a loss was this for you as a Barca fan? And obviously, what's your take on who's to blame? And as a Barca fan, how do you move forward, man? Do you have faith in the club uh, moving forward? You know, I got to say, I was pretty heartbroken, like every Barcelonista, every Barca fan man, out there. It was a magical run of 21 years since this guy came to the club. It was just special, you know. Um, he was part of us. He grew up with us, and um, he, he did everything for us. And, um, you know, he left, and he went to our, our biggest rival. And PSG, I would say, you know. So that hurt even more. But, um, you know, who is to blame? Obviously, yeah, a loaded question. Um, I think that you you got to analyze the situation from um, Barcelona having gone away from its essence. If you asked me 10 years ago, could you imagine, you know, in year 2011, year 2021, Messi will be gone, the club will be, you know, over a billion dollars in debt, you know, who will be to blame? And it'd be to blame the, the you know, management that started that whole shift from our essence of the Cruzista, Cruyff, total football, our DNA, that Barca DNA, the one that Guardiola brought back, that possession football, that beautiful football that everybody wanted, you know, racing that talent, um, believing in the form system. These guys, Sandro Rossell and then Bartomeu came in and, you know, they shifted towards the big signings. They wanted to be the next Galacticos and um, they were successful at it in 2015. And, you know, by signing Neymar and um, Suarez. And yes, we were able to win um, that last triplete, but it has gone down ever since because they focus on short-term gains, right? And they stopped developing the stars. They started signing players like crazy. Um, they gave a lot of power to the players and not the coaches. Um, the last great coach in Barcelona left in 2016, Luis Enrique, and it has all gone downhill since then. And so who is to blame? It's, it's that shift from our, our, our essence, our DNA. And uh, moving forward, um, I'm quite pessimistic about um, going forward because, yes, we have a great form system. We have a great academy, Pedri. There are other players coming up like Gavi, um, Nico Gonzalez, Yusuf Damir, great guys. But when you have a guy like Ronald Koeman who doesn't really believe in that possession football, you know, 
a guy who who likes to hold on to the lead, who likes more physical players. That's not our style. And um, I would have liked to have someone like Xavi um, lead that that change, right? That um, develop this young talent. But I mean, it is what it is. We don't have the money. Pullman had to stay regardless. And um, and we'll see what happens. You know, uh, we have good players. I'd like to be a little bit more optimistic, but it, it's hard right now. One hundred percent. So no, thank you so much for that, Christian. Let me get your let me get your takes real quick on on everything. Well, two shocking news. The first one, obviously, Messi um, unable to stay with Barcelona and going to PSG, and the second one is his tissues selling for a million dollars, which is something that still is driving me crazy. But I think Sid, you actually brought in a good point. It's not a problem of you know, Bartomeu and Aporta, because both of them have messed up. I like that you mentioned a lot about the, 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 the academy and the problems of not being able to, you know, bring more of that instead of buying players at incredible amount of money. Now, with that being said, I think what's crazy is like Laporta contradicted himself. One of the things that I read is like, well, we brought in Aguero. We brought in Depay uh, because we wanted to make the team competitive so Messi can be happy. <laughs> and the, you can even sign your own star. You know, they were over the salary cap 110%. And the salary minimum is 70%. Now, a lot of people said, oh, you know what? How about Messi just plays for free because that's what he should do because he loves uh, his, his club. Uh, first of all, would you even do that? You know, even if you're the happiest guy at work, you know, I still need to eat. So uh, I, I think the minimum is like you have to earn $150,000 per year. So even if they did that, it still wouldn't be enough. So that's why you had uh, Pique lowering his salary so that the player can play. And it's, it'll, it's a little bit of like a financial aspect. Like he reduced his salary this year, but he'll get some money back for the final years. You know, it, it, it's just a matter of administrative work that hasn't been done properly. And I think that's one of the things that has affected Barcelona in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, why didn't you just think of the academy? Now, with Messi leaving to PSG, I think it's not, it's not the end of the world for both teams. I mean, for both parties, because, you know, Messi, yeah, he's, he's getting his, his last couple of years in. Obviously, the thing that the problem was the way he left, you know, and then I think even Messi said a little bit, I did everything I could. I don't know if the club did everything in their power to do it. That's up to them. So that that leaves a message saying, hey, you know what? I, I think there were some things that even if it's still if I'm staying, uh, if I stay here, there will still be problems. So, you know, I, I, I definitely don't like the fact that, you know, uh, Laporta hasn't been. Uh, showing up, you know, he's been traveling to Ibiza, he's been vacationing, he's been worrying about many other things except for of what's going on. The fact that you had to have Piquet do all the leadership, you know, I respect that. I respect what he did. You know, nobody else has shown up. And yeah, and also too, like the bad mismanagement of, of buying players that are they really going to bring worth to this team? I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that for the last couple of years. And, you know, I, it, it's sad to say I'm not sure if there's going to be a fix because this is a huge amount of debt. Sid, you mentioned it, over a billion dollars. And right now there's another problem with the CDC of La Liga trying to get the rights. Um, and they, they, were, they were against it because Florentino was against it. You know, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening. And, yeah, Eric just put in the chat. God, uh, brave God, brave way. He's not going to be able to solve uh, Barcelona's problems. Uh, remember, this is just the start of the league. Uh, I don't think they're in a bad position, but there's there needs to be some restructuring. And I'm, I want to hear you guys, uh, you know, if, if you really think we can compete, because that's probably going to be one of our next questions. Ain't that right, uh, Ronnie? Yeah, 100%. Like, like Christian said, to me, you know, everything has a start and an end. One day we knew Leo Messi would be gone from Barcelona. I think the problem is how he left. So our boy, sir, real quick, I did want to ask you, picking back on what you said, let me get your thoughts on on those bad contracts, man. I know like Barcelona are still trying to 
unload Umtiti. Uh, I know there's rumors on Griezmann. You know, I also wanted to just get your takes also on on just those bad contracts, Maryland Pjanic as well, like you mentioned before, right before we recorded. What do you think of those bad contracts? And even uh, Felipe Coutinho as well. Like I know you mentioned mismanagement. Uh, what do you think on those bad contracts as well? You know, it, it is just awful mismanagement. I mean, Bartomeu did that player exchange, Arthur, for Pjanic. And he's Pjanic hardly played last year, and he's the third highest earner in the team, you know. Um, it's impossible to get rid of contracts such as Umpiti. I don't know if you guys have been to Barcelona, but it's a beautiful city. They play for a world-class team. They're earning top Euros. So nobody wants to leave, you know. Laporta has a tough job in trying to get rid of these guys. And the, the whole thing is a mess. You know, he's going to have to get very creative. You know, we're running out of time and, um, you know, it's it, it's a mess. Also for for Eric, real quick, I'm sure you've seen the drama that like uh, Sergio Aguero is now injured out for 10 weeks. Do you see some drama coming in with, uh, with Sergio Aguero? And I know he doesn't I know that now that his boy Messi left, he does not want to be there. But do you anticipate some drama coming up, Eric? Uh, I just I just wanted to comment on the on the on the budget stuff real quick. It's like for all our non soccer fans who still tune in, it's like the equivalency of that awful Luol Deng contract with um the Lakers. <laughs> it's just impossible to move. You're gonna like Coutinho, Griezmann, all these players who are just below average at this point just are just it's just difficult that no one wants them back. They're gonna get them for a portion. If you spend 150 mil on this player. Realistically, you'll probably get like 30 mil, but no, it's awful. But with the whole Agüero situation, oh man, I feel bad. You have to feel for him. Like, you know, he went there with the sole intention of playing with his boy Messi. And now, I mean, listen, when he came out with the whole story that he's injured, listen, uh, honestly, I'm like, it could go either way. It could either be true or false. Like at this point, he's so injury prone. I'm like, are are you just lying to us or is it true? Like, Quite honestly, it's it could go either way. But listen, I, I I can I can see going I can see him going to um you know leaving come January you know hopefully to the MLS. You never know. Ooh, come on, Aguero, play for NYCFC. But the fact, Eric, <laughs> the fact that the fact that he's he's told his lawyers to look into the contract, you know that's that that puts a bad image in the club in the league. You know that's that's what I I don't understand. And then also, I, I actually don't think they have the funds to pay him. So it's a win-win for both. But just let him leave. I, I don't know, uh, to be honest, but it, it's become a circus in Spain. Phil, let me get your thoughts real quick on uh, Sergio Aguero and uh, him being injured and not wanting to play anymore with Barca. You know, if I, I think if they can rescind his contract, I'll be more than happy to give uh, minutes to someone like um, Ansu Fati recovering from injury. You know, we have a lot of talent. We have um, a guy from the academy coming up um, playing on the right wing. I forget his name right now. He was almost gone from Barca. So we have we have quite, quite some talent there. Uh, Memphis obviously playing up there. I, I think we'll be, we'll be we'll be fine if, if he left. You know, again, I'm like a big Barca DNA guy. I love the academy. I'd like to give these guys more minutes. But you know, um, Kuman, he's he's a win now type of guy. You know, he 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 doesn't believe in the long term project. I don't think, and um, that's where we got in trouble. You know, like Guardiola, that's why he left. You know, the the, the management from back in the day. You know, the president, Rossell, came in. He wanted Neymar. He wanted the big ticket guys. Guardiola wasn't about that. That's why he left. You know, they didn't let him coach. He he believed in the academy, and, you know, they drove him out. Same thing when Luis Enrique, you know. So that's those are my thoughts. I, I just I just want to add a quick comment uh, on the whole Aguero situation. From a professional standpoint, I just think this whole – this whole story is just so unprofessional. It's just such a disrespect to all the Barcelona players, whether they're world-class, whether they're starters, whether they're rotation players, whether they're just awful players. That's just such a huge disrespect to the fans, the club, the board, everything. Listen, Aguero, you are one of the senior members. As an amazing career as you've had, you are a senior player. You are, a, you know, at your age, I expect you to have a bit more respect and, um, you know, professionalism in the way you present yourself to the media. 
And this story, I expect it from a young player like Mbappe or like, so, like, listen, I don't want to play with Messi. I want to play with my idol Ronaldo. Come on, really. You, you. I mean, I understand your desire to play with Messi, Aguero, but at this point, you're in your career. Just, you know, have a bit more respect for your image and you, you know, the club as a whole. Oh, no, thanks for that, Eric. And all right, fellas, before we get to Wilmer Cabrera, like we mentioned in the intro, La Liga is back, Bundesliga is back, Premier League is back, Serie A is about to come back. Just wanted to get your thoughts real quick on who are your top picks to win each league. Christian, let me start with you real quick. I know you've been waiting for a bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, the picks, that's an interesting question because with everything that's going on, I have uh, a bar. No, a, a still, a, a bar is still in uh, La Liga? No, right? They're probably gone. Uh, Relegated. It's why Messi I left. <laughs> that's a good one. You know what? To be honest, I don't think Barcelona is too hurt. Obviously, the 4-2 win against Real Sociedad doesn't mean that we're going to be champions. But like Sid said, there are some good pieces still in there, uh, there in the team. Depay has been showing up, even in preseason, so I really do like what he's uh, brought to the team. Uh, I can't. I, I, it's it's going to be hard to say, but watch out for Atletico Madrid. I think they're going to repeat. And you know what's interesting? I also forgot to mention, they were also in the lookout to, to get Messi. They were going to put $20 million for him. But then obviously PSG had doubled it and there's no chance they were going to spend that much money, which is smart because you got to think of your finances, Barcelona. Bundesliga, I mean, it's getting pretty boring at this point, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, there's no team that can put a fight against these giants, especially with the new acquisitions. Their manager, uh, Nagelsmann, who's just fantastic. I, I do hope that at least Jesse March gets second place. Uh, with Leipzig, I would really love to see that. So wishing uh, good luck there. And uh, Serie A, Serie A, I actually, I'm not an expert, but I do see that a lot of teams like Roma have been making uh, moves. Juventus, you know, maybe with under new management, they can perform better than last year. And I think they have the quality. They, they have the star-studded teams that they can compete. And so there's something to watch out for. So no, no prediction as of yet of who's going to win. But I give you those top two. Maybe uh, you can add, uh, uh, I don't know, Inter Milan or, or AC Milan because they got Giroud. And for the French League, I mean, there's no doubt. This is something that has to be written in Wikipedia already. PSG should win the, the league one. And of course, how can I forget the Premier League? This was actually difficult because I thought Man City was going to have it an easy, uh, an easy walk again uh, in the league. But to be honest, I, I saw Liverpool over the weekend. Manchester United, I think they're finally back. Uh, they're going to give everyone a run for their money. As much as I hate saying this, I think Man United might win the league. Maybe, maybe after so many years of being uh, uh, without a trophy, this is probably their year. Uh, appreciate that. Let me pass it to our boy, Sid. Sid, just run down the line real quick. La Liga, Premier League, Serie A. What do you got, champs, coming up right now? Or early predictions for champs? I think um, I, I like what I saw from Barcelona um, last week. You know, um, players were more loose. You know, they weren't, um, they didn't have that pressure of having having to pass the ball to, to Messi. I think that a lot of players are going to develop and um, are going to show more character. When Dembélé comes back, I, I think um, the lineup is is still pretty good. If Griezmann steps into that messy role and distributes the ball like he did on that counter on, on that third or fourth goal, it's going to be a good team to watch. I just wish that Kuman, you know, handles the substitutions a little bit better and um, he gives younger players like Ricky Pooch a lot more playing time. You know, we all Barcelona fans are asking for that and... Um, Ancelotti, obviously, Real Madrid, you, you cannot count them out. You know, Simeone out there, he, he's got a strong squad. But um, it's going to be those, those three teams fighting to the end. And, but I think that um, Barcelona has enough to take it, obviously. Bundesliga, Lugos, man, he's going to have uh, an easy time taking that one. You know, strong pressing, um, full of stars, that, that squad. Um, they play well. Lewandowski coming back. They should have a an easy time taking that that title. PSG and Messi, obviously, by by mid-season, they should have it in the bag. <laughs> and um, Serie A, I'd like Juventus to take back Pjanic. And um, if they do, I think that they'll win. They'll win the, 
the culture. And I, I'd like Manchester United to take that trophy this year, you know. They're, I bet they're really hungry, but I think that they won't have enough. Guardiola's gonna, you know, they're gonna start playing well like they always do. And, um, you know, throughout the whole season, 38 matches, I think that they're just gonna have too much talent in the midfield to, to, to take it. I appreciate that, Sid. Eric, real quick, just run down the leagues. Just your quick picks. Uh, just, uh, you know, I'll start off easy. Listen, Bundesliga, without a doubt, Bayern, you know, that's nothing much to say there. League on, easy. PSG, honestly, PSG, if you don't win the league, I will just, I will burn you to the ground. Not literally, but just, you know, verbally, I will just publicly shame your entire club, your entire player base. I'm sorry. Uh, you should win league on with ease. Let's see here. Um, Serie A. Listen, Serie A, it's, uh, honestly, is looking exciting. You know, the Ronaldo fan in me obviously wants Juventus to win. But listen, I've I've loved and followed Mourinho for a long time. And I somewhat want Roma to win. Listen, he acquired Tommy Abraham. He's definitely going to score the goals for him. And, you know, I never know. You never know. Um, But I think Juve win that easily. La Liga. Listen, I'm a Madrid fan. Die hard. Die hard. Die hard. The problem with them is they don't have enough depth. I think Barcelona's biggest problem is they have the defensive core in Sergio Busquets. Pique and Lenglet is not really too great. I don't think they, I think third place, Real Madrid second place. Atletico Madrid only got stronger adding Rodrigo de Paul. They're definitely going to win the league, in my opinion. Uh, without a doubt, they remain strong and they're still very strong. Simeone, fantastic, amazing coach. And lastly, Premier League, I am going to. Uh, shame, but it's fine. Listen, I have Chelsea winning the league. I believe it is going to be Chelsea versus Liverpool in the title race. City's biggest problem is they have too much talent. Pep Guardiola overthinks things. He is going to, I'm sorry to say this, he's going to overthink things and he's going to drop points there, definitely. Manchester United, they still have PE teacher Ole coaching them. I do not believe that he has what it takes to take this club to victory. So ultimately, I have Chelsea versus Liverpool. But I am throwing my boy Thomas Tuchel up there. I think he's winning the league this year. Eric, you're right. I forgot about Chelsea, but adding Lukaku definitely adds another ten percent to that title run. Yeah, that was the biggest. That was the biggest need. Timo Werner. Ah, oh, you guys know this already. Timo Werner. Come on, <laughs> you guys. You guys know me already. I'm sorry. Listen, uh, the guy. He, uh, you know, I'm sure he's a nice person, but he can't score. But listen, you have Lukaku, Big Rom. Whew. Oh, ah, watch out, Premier League defenders. Varane, I'm sorry. I, I love you in Madrid. He's going to destroy you in Premier League. A lot of fans forgot about Chelsea, but all right, I'm just going to go around down real quick. League one, definitely I got PSG. Bayern winning Bundesliga for sure. I'm going to go with Eric on Chelsea with the Premier League. To me, Lukaku was a huge, huge pickup. Again, to Thomas Tuchel, I don't believe he's still lost. I think he had a perfect preseason. Still riding on momentum from last season, the Champions League. They just won the Super Cup. To me, I'm, I'm riding, and I think it's a safe bet to, to ride on Chelsea this early on. But I did like what I saw from Manchester United against Leeds, which is a good team, by the way. Don't sleep on Leeds. Uh, 5-1 against them, like Bruno Fernandes, Pogba playing, playing sensational. But um, yeah, I'm going with Chelsea on Premier League. La Liga, as like Eric said as well, I'm a Real Madrid fan as well. But on paper, I still think they like Def. I'm probably going to agree with Christian on Atletico Madrid or Real Madrid as a tight race. Most likely I'm going to give the edge to Atletico Madrid. Barca on paper, again, have a solid, solid team, but this team just keeps riding around drama. They keep, there's, I feel like every week there's a new headline. And to me, that just equals distractions, distractions, distractions. Obviously, I know the players are professional. They ride through all that. There's, they're probably used to all that, but I don't know. To me, distractions are kind of, kind of take away from, from the season. So I'm going to probably stick with stick with a, a safe bet there with Atletico Madrid and Barca and, and Real Madrid as, as a tight race there. And uh, Serie A, oh man, I'm probably going to go with Juve. I think this is probably, Juve have a missing Emiliano Allegri back, great coach. On paper, Juve last season, solid team, but they weren't clicking under Pirlo. So I think uh, this is Juve season to go with that. So I think that wraps it up for me on that. And all right, fellas, thank you so much for all your insights on all the leagues. Messy talk. Uh, let's get to our special guest. Former player for Colombia, played for Santa Fe, Millonarios. Former head coach of Chivas USA, Houston Dynamo, Montreal Impact. And, oh, man, he is the head coach of the RGV Toros in the USL. Super excited for this man. Uh, one of Christian's, again, favorite head coaches coming up now, Coach Wilma Carrera. He's, he's actually worked with Coach Oscar Pareja in Orlando City. So uh, super excited to get going with him. Coach Wilma Carrera is coming up next. Let's go. 
All right, soccer fans, we have a big guest joining the show today. He is a former Colombian professional soccer player who's played for some big clubs like Santa Fe, America de Cali, Independiente, Millonarios, just to name a few. What an honor. He's the first Latin American coach to coach for the U.S. men's U.S. 17 squad between 2007 and 2012. He's also coached some of the biggest clubs, Montreal Impact, Houston Dynamo, and Chivas USA. Uh, so much on his resume. But we just simply know him as the head coach for the Rio Grande Valley FC, the Toros, RGV Toros in the USL. It's a true pleasure to have him on the show. Let's please give a warm welcome to Coach Wilmer Cabrera. Ole, 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 ole. <laughs> Wilmer, <laughs> Welcome to the show, Coach Cabrera. That's our Soccer Subs uh, intro. Welcome and thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Uh, for me, it's a pleasure to be here with you, with you guys. Uh, being here is important for, for me to share what I love uh, the most, which is uh, soccer, my, my life, my passion, my lifestyle. Well, absolutely. For us, that's all we watch. That's all we talk about. That's how we're all connected. So thank you so much, Coach. First things first, this is from all of us. How are you? How was your preseason with the team? And we're super excited to start off the USL season. I know you guys have your first game coming up against New Mexico. Yes, uh, uh, we're fine. Despite, obviously, we were the last one because I started to, like, you know, I signed my, I started to work with the Toros in February, at the end of February, starting in Mar March almost. So we didn't have players, we didn't have coaching staff, but so far we, we've been working, we've been trying to uh, bring players and um, we're ready to start the season. Uh, we are not complete with the roster, with the players, with everything. We are not 100%, but we're not going to make any excuse. We're just going to be ready for the game Saturday and hopefully... We, we can start doing well. Absolutely. And, and we'll be watching 100%, Coach. My first question for you, Coach, is I know the RGV community is super excited to have you back. I know you were the first head coach for RGV back in 2015, and, and now you're back again, which we're all happy about. I did want to ask you if you've gotten a chance to like look at film, uh, just take a look at how the team performed last season. I did see they finished two wins, uh, three draws, and nine losses, uh, respectively. And we just wanted to ask, like, you know, what's your message to the team now that you're back, and how do you motivate the players for the upcoming season? Yes. No, I haven't even checked the last year because throughout the, the five seasons, most of the, the team, the coaching staff and players, they were with the Houston Dynamo. We're no longer 100% with the Houston Dynamo. We have a, now a small affiliation. So mm -hmm. now this is a new chapter for this club where it's completely managed by the staff here. In this case, I was honored to be the, the sporting director, name as a sporting director. So I had the responsibility to, to bring the players and now 99% of the players belong to RGV. It's, this is now more excited for us, but also the, the possibility just to make sure that this team is from the Valley and the players are from the Valley and everything is here at home. Nothing is managed uh, long distance or send with players the, that coming from, from the Houston Dynamo, which it was the way it worked for five years, but no longer. And now it's an opportunity for the club to express itself, how the club one wants to manage the, the soccer operations. And uh, hopefully we, we can show that and we can connect with the people, connect with the game, connect with the Valley in a good way. Oh, 100%. And coach, one of my last questions on my end, you're back after five, six years, you know, back in 2015, you were the first coach and now you're back. And like we mentioned in the intro, you've coached in, for the Houston Dynamo, for the Montreal Impact. I just wanted to ask you on what you've seen on the level of talent year after year, how the MLS and the USL are getting better and better every year. I just wanted to ask you, you know, how, how are things different this time around versus your last stunt? Yeah, it is. It's growing. Everything in, in the United States, in MLS, USL, it's unbelievable. 
it's growing, it's getting bigger, stronger. The quality of the players are getting better. The investment, the excitement, the fan base, everything is growing. So the responsibility and the competitiveness also it's growing. So it's our responsibility uh, working uh, with the game, with the players to make sure that the players also have that mentality. And um, yes, it is different because when I got the team in 2016, the idea was to develop players first. Now we don't want to develop players. We want to win and we want to perform well and we need to make sure that we try to uh, entertain with our game, but also get results to be competitive in this league. And coach, when you talked about growth, you were also a big part of it. Having worked for the U.S. national teams, the U-17s, the U-18s, I wanted to ask you if you could please touch on, on what is the U.S. soccer program? How does it work? And um, how did you help develop players at that age, uh, at that level? Yes. In 2007, when I was appointed for, uh, as a head coach for the U-17 national team and the residency program, that was a lot of different than now. And, you know, no, no academies, no, no academy teams, uh, the development of the young players or your ta young talented, they were different because we have some MLS teams, but we did, the, the MLS teams, they didn't have their academies organized. So uh, that's why it was the residency program where uh, I had the, the, to organize everything for 40 players, the top 40 players uh, in the country. And it was the environment, the, the work, the development, and the structure was different. But in a good way, this was changing little year by year. Now we have all the teams, all the clubs, they have beautiful academies, a good structure to develop players. And, uh, you know, the residency program was finished, which it was very good in, in, in that moment, but it was no longer needed uh, at the end because, you know, it's better that you... If you're a good player, you stay at home with your parents, with your family, and then go to practice with a very good club where uh, is your club. So that was the process. I love that. I, it was great for me to work with a lot of players that right now are with the national team, players that are playing in Europe, other players are with the MLS teams. And uh, that's that was important. And... Uh, and uh, we were able to, to accomplish what we needed to accomplish, which was work on development, go to the qualifying and win some tournaments because at the end we won the CONCACAF championship tournament, which uh, you have to learn how to win. And when you show the players and they can learn how to win, uh, it is important for their careers. And when you mentioned that it's important knowing how to win, um, do you do that focusing on the mentality part first or at the skill level? Which one? Uh, I mean, it probably they both go hand in hand, but which one you prioritize? Yeah, at the beginning, you have to prioritize with the talent. You know, you can be a good coach, but if you don't have the right talent, you cannot do anything. You can be a bad coach, but if you have a talent, you look good too. So. Uh, bottom line, this sport, this game, it's all about the players. Players are the, more the most important and their talent. If you don't have talent in your team, you're not going to be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish at the end because that makes the difference. And then, obviously, you need to have that mentality. You can teach that. You can show them. And if they're open... Uh, they're going to learn and they're going to be in tune with your ideas and with, uh, with that desire to, to get better every day. Now, 
from a, a different aspect, uh, I wanted to touch on your experience with uh, Gachi, the Academy from Queens, New York, which is great because I played in the Cosmopolitan League against uh, Gachi. That was once. And they beat us like 10-1, 10-0. And that's just so good. Uh, so many skillful players. What can you tell us about that experience in New York City, the talent that we have, and uh, any memorable moments from them? Yeah, that was that was a, also for me was good opportunity to work with a very good club, a club that I didn't know much about it, but it was established for a long time in New York. And I was, you know, happy and honored to be part of that club uh, where we we had a, you know, we had the pressure to win, but the pressure to win with the talent, no, because sometimes we believe that winning is the most important at the young ages. And uh, it's not winning, it's how you win. You need to win respecting the game and with talent, with good uh, soccer style, because your responsibility is uh, develop uh, their talent and develop the players in all aspects. So that, that, that is definitely important. And uh, uh, when when you work with young talented players, you have to make sure that they have the good base. They respect the game and they understand that no matter what, the most important is to to make sure that they, they perform uh, at the highest level with the great talent and with the the confidence for them to to make sure that you know they enjoy. Uh, but doing the right things. And coach, we touched on that in the beginning. Um, you know, during 2012 to 2014, you were at the Colorado Rapids. And we just mentioned you worked with coach Oscar Pareja. He was our guest on our show uh, maybe about two months ago. And he was such a great guy. And we just had to ask, uh, how was it like working with him? What did you learn from him? And what's your relationship with him now, if you stay in touch or anything like that? Yes, of course. We, we know each other since we were... 15 years old. So we play together in, uh, with the youth national teams and then we play against each other and we kick each other for long, so many years at the professional level. And then, you know, we, we met again uh, and he worked for me as an assistant coach for the U-17 national team. And then he went to work with the Dallas and then uh, we met again with the Colorado Rapids. So uh, yes, we've been in this for a long time, communicating and we're still talking, we're still communicating, we text, we chat when we have time or uh, and, and uh, try to stay in touch. Uh, he's doing a very good job, fantastic job. I don't have to say anything about him because he's doing by himself. So, but yes, it's just, um, it was, a, I think our our academy or the way we were developed in Colombia, it helped us a lot to to make sure that when we finish our careers, we continue trying to get involved with the game, and we were fortunate to you know to to continue our education and get involved with the coaching and uh, something that we have learned and uh, use our experiences and our uh, uh, education to to try to put that as front for the players, which is is what we do. No, we we're here for the players. We're here for for the game. And coach, I had uh, a question a little bit going back to your playing career. Uh, you know, you have played in a lot of big games. You played at Copa Americas and World Cups. You've won the league, you won the Colombian League a couple of times. You've played in a lot of big games. And I sort of wanted to ask, when you play in those big games, were there any things that you picked up from your teammates and from your managers or, or coaches that now you're trying to use as a coach to prepare to prepare for those those big games as a manager and helping your players get ready for, for games like that? Yes, you uh, definitely. All those experiences that you have that you have to live as a player, not only in big games, but also small games, 
or locker rooms or traveling, airports, hotels, definitely has helped me to, to get um, more uh, possibilities and more tools for me to help the players. Because at the end, we're here to help the players. How can we help the players to be better? And uh, some of those experiences definitely are really important because when, when you see the player going through the same situations, you can help. Oh, I went through that. Maybe it's not the same, but you can communicate and connect with the player. And the player, they uh, believe and they are more happy that, you know, uh, they understand that, okay, you went through the same thing long time ago, but it's almost the same. So it is, it is a plus. The fact that you have played, the fact that you are dealing with that situation and uh, when you talk to them, uh, it's a connection right there. It doesn't mean that if you didn't play big games, you're not good, no. Uh, but definitely the fact that you have that knowledge and experience helps to create a better bond, better bond between the players and yourself. And then a little bit of a follow-up on that. You played, obviously, for some of the biggest teams in Colombia and sometimes on both sides of some of the biggest rivalries in Colombia. You played with Santa Fe and then Millonarios later and then back to Santa Fe. What is it like having to sort of switch my... When, when, you, when you go to a new team and you have to play against your old team, uh, you know, and, and you have to try to win the game against them, is it difficult to try to, you know push through the same back line you used to play with a couple of years ago, or is it, you know, do you, do you always just have it in your mind that, you know, I'm, I'm, it's just another game? No, definitely you, you feel because you care about the, the institution, the club that you play for. Uh, definitely you have love for those teams, but um, you try to make sure that you have to disconnect from your heart and put all the, you know, brain uh, to be professional because at the end, you know, you are, uh, you are tested every time you play. It's a challenge for you. You you're gonna be tested and you're gonna be challenged and you're gonna be watched and you're gonna be judged for what you do and how you do it. So we have to be professionals no matter what. And uh, you need to put aside all your emotions, all your heart and you have to put your brain 100% to make sure that, you know, you respond to, to your profession. That's when you have to put the game is always first, no matter what. The game of, the, the game of soccer has to be first. Then you put your heart, but the game needs to be first. And in that situation, the club that you play for is priority. Thank you. I, you know, because that's always something I've, I've wondered is how do you, you know, how do you do that? I guess another thing that we all sort of had on our minds about, and it's another thing that, that, that may be, you know, a little bit difficult to, to do for a lot of players is how did you decide you were going to coach? Like, when did you really know you wanted to be a coach after your playing career? And how did you make that transition from a player to being a coach? It's not easy. I did a lot of things. Uh, I wasn't thinking to coach. And I, like The last thing that I thought when I was a player was coaching because it was tough. And I knew how tough I was with the coaches as a player. <laughs> I was really, you know, I was tough with the coaches and uh, challenging the coaches and it's difficult. So I didn't like the fact that I didn't like that situation. I was happy being a player, but I never thought, uh, but also your brain or your mindset being a coach is 100% different to being a soccer player. So I never knew what coaching mindset was until I started, but I didn't want to do it. Uh, I wasn't looking to be a coach. I'm a helicopter pilot first. I studied business. I did a lot of other things, commentator, because TV and okay, that was easy. But then 
when I started to to coach, that was very challenging. Challenging because you know, or you think you know, all the secrets about the game, but you have to think about all the players, you have to think about the game and you have to teach and you have to communicate what you're thinking. And that's something that you are not prepared or educated for. So you need to have education, you need to um, learn and you need to prepare yourself to do that. It's not one day I was a player and the next day I became a coach. Uh, that's, in my opinion, that's totally wrong. You need to study, you need to prepare, you need to change your mindset because um, it's not easy. So it was tough transition, but I was fortunate enough to, to going through the stages of coaching. I went, studying in New York, I went from U5, U6, U7, U9, U10, U14, U15, <laughs> 18 until professional. So for me, it was a very good elementary, high school and college education in all aspects because all the players, all ages, you have to adapt, you have to change and you have to think differently and you have to make sure that your communication and education system needs to be adapted for each, each uh, different ages. I always say this to friends and families, like if you want to learn to be a good parent, be a coach at a young, uh, the, uh, young age level because you're going to learn so much from yourself at that point. And uh, I, I wanted to ask you, oh, Coach, speaking on that aspect of mindset, obviously you've worked for short-term and long-term pro uh, projects. One of the things that I wanted to As if you can walk us through uh, what is it like the first uh, few days, the first few weeks when you're entering a club? What are some things that you focus on working on? What is the, the idea uh, that you're going into, into the team? Yes, for example, one, one, every time you go into a new club, it's a lot of expectations from the players and from the, from the staff from the club, from the fans, and a lot of, a lot of questions. Uh, and also, you know that you're the point of reference. Uh, you have to deal with the responsibility and what you cannot do is trying to do everything uh, because no one, no one does everything. Uh, you're part of a team. It means that you have to delegate and work with different things but you cannot work everything it's impossible to do everything like for a player it's impossible to cross the ball and then go and try to head the ball it's impossible so we have to make sure that we we manage what we can manage and we don't put effort or energy in things that are out of our possibilities uh, for me i'll do that otherwise I'm going to lose my hair uh, or I'm going to get crazy. No, I just try to make sure that, you know, I'll, I'll touch and I work on what I can do. And speaking on, on things that you want to work on, when you mentioned about the USL and the MLS, especially with that connection with the Toros and the Houston Dynamo from before, it's kind of telling me that, the playing level from the USL to MLS is not that far apart. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, what does it take for a player in the USL to make that jump to the MLS? I think it's the work and mentality and the intensity, how you play every game. You know, it's just the, the work and mentality on the field, how you do things on the field. That is how you make the difference to be a, an MLS player, an average player, or uh, above average player. So uh, the players, you know, uh, if a good player cannot be hidden on the field, it's impossible. A good player, a good talented player, an outstanding player, you're going to notice that player on the field. 
every time he performed at the level, at the at the top level. So if 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 we bring a top player from MLS over here, they have to make the difference. They have to make the difference. And if he's a good player in USL, they have to make the difference and it's gonna be noticed. So for me, that's the best way to prove and to show that for a player, it's just their mentality. But sometimes one of the problems is they, 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 we, we have the tendency as a human beings to make excuses or to blame someone else. And that's the easiest part. It's the, the coach didn't give me the opportunity or the coach didn't play me or uh, they, they didn't like me or that's easy. Uh, but uh, just when you take responsibility to, for yourself and you don't make excuses, you can improve yourself and you can help to improve the ones around you. And hey, coach, just uh, as some closing remarks, uh, we just want to say thank you for your time. One of the things that coach Pareja left us is uh, one of his secret sauces is that he takes the time to know his players, to know what the name of the kids are, what, you know, how they're doing. I think he told us that was one of his successes in being a coach. And I, we can really tell that you you really do care about your players and and your experiences, everything. Um, RGV have the have the perfect guy for the job. And we can't thank you enough for being on our show. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really appreciate that, all your words. And hopefully we can continue helping and giving the best tools to the players right now here at the Toros at the, uh, with the RGV. And uh, we're looking forward to, to have a, a, a good season this year in 2021. So hopefully we can show that on the field, which is the most important. Yes, thank you so much, Coach. We really appreciate your time. All right, guys, that was the interview with Coach Wilmer Cabrera. I hope you guys really enjoyed him. Christian, got to go to you, man. What were your thoughts? I know you really enjoyed uh, your talk with Coach. Uh, first of all, he came to Coach here in Brooklyn, in New York. So he's, uh, I can say he's a local guy. So very proud of that, man. So yeah, our local clubs are very talented here in New York. And also, I like the fact that, you know, he's worked with the U.S. youth groups as well. And he's very well regarded in USL. So definitely, hopefully... You guys were able to enjoy this episode with him. Thank you so much. And watch out for your son, too. He's playing college ball, man, and he's really good. Uh, thanks, man. And, yeah, to our boys today, we want to say a huge thanks for having for coming back on with us, man. We're not seeing the end of you yet. I'm sure we'll have you back on. We want to check on those predictions later on in the season. Sid, say peace out to the fans real quick before we get out of here. Um, uh, this is going to be a fun season. Um, very excited to be back and looking forward to the next time that I'm back. And our boy Eric, he was not here, so you know what you got to do, man. Oh, I mean, uh, listen, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have Sid back. You know, October 24th is looking like Christmas for all of us. We have, you know, Clasico, we have Manchester United, Liverpool, we have Juve Inter, we have Marcel PSG that day. I just I can't wait for that day. Aside from that, you know, listen, we have a new soccer season starting just now. I am going 100% on all my predictions. I don't want to hear no oh, 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 and 300. No, no, no. I'm, I'm hitting a solid check mark on each prediction. All of them are going to come true. But no, listen, we miss our boy Hugh, and I'll just, you know, I'll have his, um, you know, I'll just do his little outro. You know, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on YouTube. We post daily content. We love you guys. We love to interact with you guys. And just follow us there. Soccer subs to the moon. Hey, guys, I just want to thank, first of all, Sid, for being here. Today was really fun, and I think we enjoyed everyone's perspective. And second of all, I heard that Eric did a travel to Cusco to do the cleansing, so his predictions will be 100% right this time. And I have a good feeling about him. Uh, and yeah, man, look, final thoughts. If Griezmann and Pogba can play like they play in the French team, hey, maybe some good things can happen to their clubs. And to everyone else, oh, by the way, uh, my friends, Ben and John, they started their new podcast. Give them a listen. Uh, they're pretty great. And we're going to be in their fantasy league as well. So thank you guys for that. A big shout out to all the friends and families. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Oh, that's right. And, and for Eric, new season, new predictions. We're leaving all those old predictions in the past. Like they're not posted on Instagram. New season, new Eric. Let's get it going. And yeah, we want to say a huge thanks to Coach Wilmer Cabrera for the RGV Toros. We're definitely focusing on the USL. We got some good stuff coming up for the soccer fans. 
a huge thank you to my boy Sid, who I've known for years. Always great seeing you. Thank you for coming on our project. We really appreciate you, man. And yeah, to you guys, thank you so much. The soccer fans, shoot us an email, podcast at gmail. Uh, shoot us a DM. We'll be active. And yeah, we'll be back for episode 35. Can't believe it. we're already midway through our 30s. Episode 35 with another big guest. We're staying on the USL side. We got some good stuff coming your way. So we'll be back for the next episode and we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Thank you.